Hello. Hello, How Matt. You? You're right. Uh, who am I? We only spoke the other week. It's not like we've had a <laughs> a three week break again. <laughs> I mean, I just you know I just miss your face, Tom Parry. Oh, oh shit! Actually. I'm giving the game away. I do know who you are. Oh, it's a podcast. It's Tom Matt Attack. Okay, as far as intros go, where was that one from? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, complete complete honesty. Obviously, we didn't have an intro planned. Uh, my brain's a bit scattered at the moment because uh, it turns out the reason I was sick for two weeks is because I had uh, pneumonia. <laughs> yeah, which I just heard, and that was a bit of a shock. Uh, we're, we're all very thankful you're okay. Yeah, um, it, worth noting as well, obviously, because when you say the words pneumonia at the you moment, think people think you nearly like, died. That's what you think. Well, I mean, either that or they think, oh, my God, did you have COVID? And uh, let me tell you, sir, five negative COVID tests uh, would prove otherwise. So I, I didn't have COVID. I just had uh, pneumonia classic, you know, the good refreshing taste of classic But still, pneumonia. you said to me like a more mild case of it. Yeah, I did. Um, I I had what I guess is referred to. I've since found out as walking pneumonia, where I obviously I was sick. I didn't have a voice for two. You're like the Walking Dead. <laughs> exactly, a little yeah. bit. Uh, hopefully not. Touch wood. But yeah, no, I was I was a bit sick, which is probably why um, listening back to last week's podcast, I was uh, a bit rambly. So expect a bit more of that this week. I apologise in advance. How are you, thought- Tom? <laughs> I'm I'm doing all right. I was going to say, well, that might make up for uh, our, our lateness, uh, our apology for our lateness in our news. Uh, our finger was not quite well. Actually, at the time of recording, the PS Net, PSN Net uh, Shop, sorry for PS3 and Vita, was still going to disappear. Uh, but actually, shortly after <laughs> we recorded that uh, episode, uh, we got the news that Sony had reversed that. Uh, other than the PSP. Which, you know, unsurprisingly, uh, the PSP store will go, uh, which yeah. doesn't come as a shock to anyone. I can't imagine many people are using their PSPs to download games anymore. No, I was going to say, I mean, the PSP has been cracked at this point for about nine years, if not more. So, yeah, yeah, I assume anyone using a PSP still, probably not running legal software, but hey, that's up to them. I'm not going to judge, Tom. Uh, but yeah, the, the motive behind this, obviously... I guess Sony have seen that there's still an interest in those stores. They've probably seen influx of people buying content from those stores. What was maybe once not financially viable for them, they can now see that actually people do still care about those stores and are willing to spend money there. Why, you know, uh, shut down something that is now obviously has the renewed interest and is probably earning them some revenue? Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, last week we speculated on this idea that maybe there was some kind of hardware reason that they wanted to focus on the PS5 and PS4. They've mentioned this in, in, in statements, yeah. This is why they initially uh, thought about closing those stores. Yeah, but at the same time, that clearly can't be that much of an issue because uh, they're still able to do it. <laughs> yes, um, and that's it. You know, they didn't... It's all about money. If they can... You know, if there's profit for them in it, they're not going to close it, are they? Well, I mean, of course not. That's business. But I, I actually, the thing that I saw after we'd recorded, after doing a bit more digging on this to try and find that list of like elusive games that was going to disappear, the one thing I saw and the one thing that I, in my brain, have like connected to it and gone, hmm, maybe that's the reason they didn't do it is because I think it was Polygon. I'm pretty sure it was. Had a story up that said essentially like, these are the games that will now become Xbox exclusive due to the PS uh, stores shutting. And there was just like a list of games that were still available for digital download for 360 or, you know, small games that came out as part of an indie that only released on the Vita PlayStation side and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if with a lot of these things we were talking about last week, like this idea that Sony doesn't care about their legacy, this idea that... 
you know, like the PlayStation 4 is going to blink and explode if you don't replace a battery in it at some point. All these ridiculous things that are going around. Maybe I think Sony are looking at the damage stuff like this is perhaps doing to their brand. And I mean, Maybe. yeah, it, it's been one of those things where obviously like the, the success of the PlayStation 4 was built off the back of kind of making fun of Microsoft and this digital future that they were trying to create originally with the Xbox One mm-hmm. and like all digital versions. And then they went and said, oh, well, cool, we're just going to shut down our store, which is kind of against what they were talking about and like yeah we believe that you should be able to own your games and whatever Mm. so i i don't know i just think i think maybe they've done the math on the pr and like they don't come out a bit smelling of roses and now obviously there's they can save a bit of goodwill by saying oh no we listen to our audience so so they're doing it for image more than profit you think they're still taking a loss by keeping those stores open I mean, I don't think they were necessarily taking a loss. Like if just, I... Yeah, there were funds going out that they thought, well, these aren't worthwhile as paying to keep these things running. I don't even know if it was that, to be honest. My thought resources. is resources. They wanted to plug yeah. resources into their current stores, you know, PS4, exactly. PS5, yeah? That would be my thought. I mean, like, yeah. from what I understand of it, the PS5... UX and everything else isn't perfect, so maybe they just like shit. People are complaining about this. Let's take the resources yeah. we have over here and put them over here to maybe support that. I don't know. How much like resources said, does it take to look after those stores? Because there's nothing happening on them. I mean, you've got to obviously like other than there is new Vita games being added. By the hmm. way, like developers yeah. have dev kits. Like so, there is still the some sort of uh, documentation, some sort of work that needs to be done on the Vita store at least. Yeah, and I assume it's probably also a degree of like customer service, right? Like, you oh must, yeah, true. You must be aware of all these things. You must be able to support these stores. I'd also heard something. Uh, I think it was on Giant Bomb, and they were talking about this idea that maybe work needed to be done on those stores to update with the EU regulations on like credit card exchange stuff now, and like how verification of payment works. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is a thing in the UK, but now any time I try and buy something off an Amazon or off a web shop or whatever, I have to authenticate that purchase through a, another app. Like no, I don't. I don't. Well, I don't have to deal with that when yeah. purchasing. Yeah, using eBay through PayPal or using Amazon or any other uh, online store, I haven't had to. Usual um, I... credit card authorization from yeah. the bank, but nothing uh, outside of that. Well, I mean, that's the that's the thing is like you have to authorize the bank yourself. Like you have mm. to say like, yes, I've made this purchase now, which makes, to be honest, with you, buying stuff on the Switch at the moment is kind of impossible because of it. Mm. I have to, I can't just go into something like, I don't blink, you know, um, new Super Mario 3D World or whatever. I can't just buy that directly for the like 389 kroner it costs. I need to buy a 500 kroner voucher or smaller vouchers until I have enough, and then buy it that way. Yeah, yeah, the voucher thing's frustrating. That's something I experienced on uh, Vita and PS3. I I can't use my card as it stands. So perhaps, yeah, like you just mentioned, that's that's an issue for them. And maybe they'll fix that now, or maybe they won't. It's not too much, but it's a pain buying more than you need. But then again, that credit does actually work in the PS4 and probably PS5 stores. That's universal credit across all Sony PlayStation yeah. stores. So in one way, it's, it, it's better because you're probably always going to want, you know, uh, funds for the more, the more recent stores. So good that you can use them. But yeah, it's, it's a good point you raised about Microsoft there, because they've only got one sort of legacy store to look after, the 360, whereas Sony had the PSP in addition to the PS3 and the Vita. That's a yeah. lot of stuff to look at. And I don't blame Sony for thinking about shutting those stores, because they've got the PS4 and the PS5 as well to think about. So I assume that... I mean, you would have thought they would have been already, right? Because, I mean... I know that they must have changed the architecture for the PS4, and I know that the PS5 seems somewhat connected to that, though slightly different from what I understand from people. Like, the the user experience 
between the PS4 and the PS5 is not one-to-one in the way that no. the Xbox One to the Xbox Series S slash X is. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. They've not just got the... Yeah, so X360 store is different, but, yeah, the One and the Series X and S are essentially the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Apple, you know, it's like yeah. iOS, it's like the iTunes store. Yeah. But Nintendo also have different stores. The 3DS store must be different to the Wii U store, must be different to the Switch store. Yeah. 100%. And the Wii U I mean... st- store is still operating, so I'm sure at some point that's going to get axed. I and think the 100%. 3DS. If, that has, if, the, if the Wii U store hasn't been axed already, I, I can imagine it won't be long before it is. I mean, Well, I've heard nothing of it being axed, and I've accessed it ah, within the last year or so. Okay. I know that they've shut down servers and stuff, but I don't. I'm not sure about the store no. itself. The store still stands along with the 3DS store. They'll probably axe them both together, I guess, at some yeah. point. But yeah, now they know the hoo ha that uh, <laughs> happens. Doing this will cause. Yeah, when when they make announcements like that. No, so maybe... but then again, like we talked about this last week, they, <laughs> you nearly killed something. Uh, uh, they but, shut yeah. down yeah, the Wii Shop. Like the and like DSI and no one really cared, so I I don't know. Well, I think when the Wii Shop was going to close, there was a bit of a hoo ha around that. I don't think to this level though, because like I don't remember there being articles of people going, "These are the games you must buy." But maybe there was. Maybe I just wasn't. Well, I I worked out for myself in terms of WiiWare what was worth buying. You know, there were lists out there of best games on WiiWare or recommended games and. I did purchase a few myself before that store went down. Quite yeah, a I few bought, uh, we were. I should have bought those Rebirth games. I regret it, but never mind. But yeah, that, that's the current state of things with the uh, PlayStation Store. Uh, interesting to see them totally turn around on that. It's so weird that none of that Rebirth stuff is on, like, PS4. Like, they've done Konami collections of stuff. Like, what's going on? Well, there's probably an issue with it. The code? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, Maybe they didn't uh, archive that in the best way. I'm not sure. We, we'll, we don't know unless you no. need to ask uh, Konami directly. <laughs> I'll get on the phone to Mr. Konami. <laughs> so, Matt, how, what else has your week uh, in gaming been like? You mentioned before you've been playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, I mean that's to be honest, with you, that's been the the main crux of it. Is I've been, I'm literally before we started recording this podcast about to do the final quest of Stormblood, which is the third expansion leading into Shadowbringers. And like just little... just so everybody's sure what we're talking about, it's Final Fantasy fourteen. Fourteen, yeah, online yeah. game. Um, yeah, so as long term listeners of the podcast will know, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. I I beat all of a realm reborn before they made it a bit more streamlined, which I kind of wish I'd waited for. But hey, I wanted to play at that time. Uh, then went through Heaven's Ward, um, which I really really enjoyed. It was really cool, very reminiscent of Final Fantasy IV, and like dragoon knights and stuff, and lots of dragons and things. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I've I'd heard mixed things about Stormblood. Like some people were like, oh, Stormblood, Stormblood's good. Like, with that cadence, you know, like, not like, oh my god, you've got to play Stormblood in the same way everyone has been about Shadowbringers, which is the most recent expansion. And so I'd kind of gone into it a bit tepid and going like, hmm, is this going to be any good? And I, I have to be honest, I haven't really enjoyed the story that much. The one good thing about me not enjoying the story that much, though, was... I kind of came to terms with the fact that I didn't like playing the character class I'd chosen, which was a black mage... Mm. And so I had said, well, if I'm going to continue playing this game, I need to switch classes and play something I enjoyed. And so I tried Samurai. I talked about this on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. It actually feels like you're playing a video game, whereas when I was a black mage, I would stand in a circle and I would cast fire until I built my meter up enough to cast a bigger fire. Mm. And then I so go back more to more exciting, fire. more kinetic gameplay now. Well, you're actually kind of engaging in the yeah. fights and like yeah. boss battles, whereas before I was just kind of standing off to the side and any time the floor glowed underneath me, I'd go, right, I need to move, and then I need to set my little circle up again, and then I need to start casting fire again. It was pretty fucking boring, to be honest yeah, okay. with you. But I imagine so, you were, you were um, 
helping out a lot in that role. Imagine you're pretty powerful. Yes, you but are. But it wasn't but fun you're... for you to play, yeah. I mean, it was kind of boring to play in those missions, but it was also like when I was doing the story stuff, because the the thing about Final Fantasy fourteen that I, I think appeals to a lot of people, but also might not appeal so much to MMO players, is there's a lot of story that requires you to play by yourself, which is, it's, you know, is kind of why I enjoy it, because you can kind of dip in and out and take your own pace. And then obviously there's dungeons and raids and everything else you'd get in an MMO where you need more people. But generally speaking, a lot of it's done by yourself. And while the Black Mage class was really, really good for being in a raid and doing massive damage, when you were playing by yourself, like I couldn't really handle more than two or three enemies at a time without dying. And that became mm. frustrating. And I was like, oh, I need I need to play a higher armored class. I need someone that can do melee damage and take a few hits. And so I started playing a samurai because someone had recommended, oh, well, if you like the damage of Black Mage, you should try this. And it was like night and day. I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. Okay, cool. I'll keep playing this. Generally speaking, though, honestly, I think if you were to get into Final Fantasy fourteen now... I'd say maybe consider doing all the level skip stuff because, like, you can pay like I think twenty quid and just skip the first three expansions and go straight into Shadowbringers. And I think I could have paid like a fiver to skip Stormblood, which you know is a massive saving on time and whatever. Admittedly, never a good sign when you have to pay someone to not play a part of the game. You pay, and then it automatically levels up your character. Yes, and so like you start at the next chunk of story rather right. than having to play through like the, the 30, 40 hours of content. Is there any disadvantages, like in Pokemon, if you use rare candy to level up your Pokemon, they're not as strong? I mean, obviously you've not spent that time learning the class, and so you don't, You perhaps you're a bit more wet behind the ears when it comes to doing raids and stuff. But you're as strong as, you know, anyone yeah, else who's played through yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no things like that, and I think... Yes, you can you can spend a lot of money on glamour in this game, which is like you can if you really like a sword, you can convert your sword into like a skin for your sword. So I will, my black mage will always have a staff oh, yeah. that's got a little moogle on the top of it because it looks adorable. Yeah, but it, it other than stuff like that, other than like if you really care about the story. You're gonna not know who certain characters are and whatever, but like you can just watch a lore video on YouTube. Do you know, because I just mentioned Pokemon then, and you mentioned customizing, I just suddenly thought, why isn't there more customization of inv- individual Pokemon? Like little hats that you, they can wear and such. Yeah, I mean... That, that would, would be, be nice, cool, wouldn't right? it? Just imagine like a, an Ivysaur in a Bulbasaur costume. You know, if you don't like the fact that yeah. he now looks like Ivysaur and you want to change him back into Bulbasaur, he's still got all the power and moves of Ivysaur, but he looks like Bulbasaur. Yeah. I mean, also just, like, why why is there not more, like, differentiation? Why could I not, like, add freckles to my Pikachu? Yeah. Or, like, why? make him a slightly different shade of yellow or whatever, like... I think this is something really missing from Pokemon, and, and suddenly, now just thinking about it, long overdue for the franchise. Yeah. I mean, worms, you can change what they look like. Why can't you change what the Pokemon look like? I mean, you... You can style Pokemon to a certain extent, right? Like, you can mess around with their hair and stuff. I don't think they appear like that in-game, though, do they? No, I don't think so. I think they do for fashion shows. There was something where you could dress them up for fashion shows, but then when you're battling, they just look the same as normal. Actually, no, there was something about slight colour differences, wasn't there? Uh, Like, if you played them on Stadium, um, there might be some differences. I know female Pikachu looks different to male Pikachu and all that, but yeah, no, the ability to choose how you customize would be really nice to have in, yeah. in Pokemon. You know, I I could see seven year old Matt Boyle really digging the idea of having like a scar down my Charizard's eye or something oh, yeah. like that. You know, give your like... Pikachu a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not Gengar with 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 a mustache. No, Gengar with giant eyebrows. What about you know? a, a tall chick with a little trilby? Oh, the possibilities are endless. Oh, endless. gosh, yes. Um, well, that's exciting. But yeah, Final Fantasy, you keep it going with that. You don't see any uh, sign of that, uh, your interest in that dwindling in the future. No, I mean, to be honest with you, I it's going to be very interesting now when I hit uh, Shadowbringers, this latest expansion, because I've heard everyone rave about this being the best Final Fantasy game they've made in the last 20 years, 
like this expansion specifically, the storytelling in it is supposed to be so good that people have compared it to the likes of 4 to 6 to all these games that people love and like to yeah. talk about. But the issue is also, like, I won't be playing through old content anymore. It will be relatively current. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, is this game going to be as fun when I need to look up, like, strategies for raids and when I need to actually grind gear because I know... It'll be more hard work, yeah. It, I know it actually matters that the sword I have is a good sword and so I need to run dungeons for drops rather than... Where I am now is literally, like, I'll do a raid, but I, I don't really care like because I know... I've got another 20 levels of content ahead of me, so none of the gear that's dropping really matters. Hmm. It's going to be interesting. It's but you're gonna, not playing it's... any other sort of big games, are you? That's your, your thing. That like is my game, yeah. Games. I mean, I, drop, I dropped off Apex. I dropped off like most other free-to-play stuff. And so, admittedly, Final Fantasy XIV isn't free-to-play. There is a subscription but I, I I don't know. Like That new expansion looks quite cool. I've forgotten the blinking name of it, but the one that's come they announced a couple of weeks ago. I, for what? I'll keep for playing. What? Sorry. Final Fantasy fourteen. There will oh. be another expansion coming. Okay, okay. In... Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Apex. Sometime. No, but... no, no. I mean Apex has been slowly updated. Apex has cross play now. So yes, like I, I heard can, this. I can play with colleagues who were super into Apex who were playing on the Xbox, so maybe I'll do that again. But all the, the moment, switch like... even nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like but this has just been my I'm going to pick up this game. I'm going to play it for like an hour or so in the evening. I'm going to do my dailies and then I'm going to log off. That's good. So yeah, I hit I hit level 70 in Final Fantasy 14 yesterday. I also hit level 40 in Pokemon Go finally. Oh, well like done. Yes, I saw that years. as you proudly proclaimed on Twitter. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? I know people who are already 50. I know people who got to like 40 within the first couple of months of playing it. But I feel like hitting 40 after five years shows that i've not been completely addicted to this game it hasn't taken over my life in the ways that i know it has for other people so yeah um it's interesting you mentioned about the sort of dipping in out of games to do your dailies i've been finding this more and more lately the the benefits of playing a game daily it's quite interesting yeah. I, I think um maybe gran turismo sport does something like that daily challenges uh more games are using this as games become uh, games as a service you know one game lasting for a long time and that need to be ways to keep people interested in playing them Uh, one thing uh, i've been using a little bit is the game pass app because matt i've recently signed up to uh, game pass ultimate oh you have Uh, it now I think I hinted last week that I was planning on doing that once my uh, current Xbox Live Gold subscription was up. And having read about uh, the amount of money you could save by buying the the maximum uh, membership up front. So the maximum Xbox Live you can have, Xbox Live Gold, is three years uh, stacked up. So seeing that one ran out, I thought, well, I'll buy three three years. Buy that at the cheapest price I can get it through codes as opposed to buying it through the store. And then currently the offer that's available to me is to convert any gold I have into Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, interesting. Uh, so you can save like like 200 quid. That's all right. Pretty I mean, much. And, well, I mean, theoretically and more, right? Because you're not buying new games. Well, not necessarily. No, it depends uh, what's available on game pass Uh, but there is quite a lot available on game pass but as i've learned recently game pass is a lot like netflix and amazon prime for example of a couple of subscription services that games leave game pass occasionally yes they do yeah so um regardless i think whether or not you have it downloaded on your console it's not going to be accessible after a certain point no but i mean like let's be honest tom like how often have you gone back to like PS4 games that you've played for like the three or four hours and gone like, oh, there's something interesting here? Like, how often do you really go, you know what? I'm really gonna dig out. Oh, I'm blinking now. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I feel like I like, should do yes because I started that, but uh, I need to go back to it. I, I am considering going back to that relatively soon. Uh, it's a good game, but then other things come along. So I think the rate I play through games it's slightly worrying. If I was to get a big old game, and it, remember how many years it took me to complete uh, the original uh, Tomb Raider uh, from 2000 and 
whatever. I mean, of course I do, because it's been documented on this podcast for what, five years. I can't remember how long it took me to eventually a finish long, long time. And like, I looked at Breath of the Wild today and I haven't played it since 2018. And I started to get back into it. So shocking. I know, I know. I was really uh, frustrated at myself because as I was playing it, I was uh, remembering how really amazing it is in on so many levels. But <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Game Pass is great though for uh, smaller games. I think, uh, for example, I've been playing Battletoads. I've been playing Xeno Crisis, uh, Zuma, a puzzle game from Popcap, a lot like. Um, what do you call it? Peggle. Uh, Lonely yeah. Mountains Downhill is a really fantastic uh, BMX game where you do have to do a, uh, a route downhill on a mountain bike and try and do it within the best time. And the, the physics of the bike are really satisfying uh, to use. So, yeah, all these games uh, pick up and play titles. Tetris Effect as well I've been playing, although I do own that on PS4, but it's nice to have the online um, option. Yeah, I uh, had a quick go on River City Girls until it glitched up in the tutorial mode and I couldn't get no, past a certain a point. I don't know what was going on there because overall my experience of uh, Xbox recently has been uh, really good. But that particular game was uh, caused me a few issues. That's a shame. Uh, Dirt 5 as well, jumping in and out of that really impressive uh, rally game. Uh, so all those games aren't necessarily big old adventure games. So uh, if they don't become available anymore, then it's fine. You know, I've got my enjoyment out of them. There's no like end of you know end of the game, for example. Yeah. Uh, perhaps in Dirt Five you could finish everything. You know, finish everything in all these games, but you're not. It's not a story. No. Uh, I have also been playing Fallout Four, which I own on the Xbox One. I've been playing my disc-based version on that console recently. But yeah. I thought, oh, well, let's let's try out this uh, frame boost because certain Xbox uh, One games played on Xbox Series consoles can benefit from uh, increased uh, frames per second. And Fallout Four is one of those games. And yes, it does feel smoother playing on the Xbox One. Sorry. Xbox Series S. X. Oh, shit. Yeah, Series X. Series, Series S. S. Ah! Yeah. This is the one I've got. Yeah, it feels smoother. It looks, maybe even looks a bit better. Load times uh, slightly better as well. So it's the optimal platform to play it on, which is really cool because not being a disc-based system, I can't play my Fallout 4 disc on it, but I can get a copy of the game through Game Pass and continue playing it on you know a more powerful console. Yeah. So that's really cool. And there's a few other games that I've got that I can do that with as well. So Sounds that's fun. another benefit of um, Game Pass for the Xbox Series S owner, for example. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I do keep looking on like uh, sites like El Gigant and like a, a retailer here in Denmark to see if there is a Series X. Because like, the more and more I think about it, the more and more unlikely it seems that i'm going to get a ps5 this side of the summer holidays let alone like probably yeah, before and christmas and you're itching for a new console i just i don't know i just want to i want to ride that wave and i mean also yeah. like the the game pass stuff seems massively appealing so oh yeah I, I'm, I i'm also playing resident evil 7 again but through series s yeah. So that's another one. But going back to what I was originally going to say which was to do with the daily challenges now this is connected to the xbox game pass app which is separate from the regular Xbox app. And right. uh, by doing uh, daily, weekly, and monthly challenges, they're not always game-specific. Uh, for yeah. example, one of them is uh, play 10 Game Pass games and you get so many points. You can collect points and then those convert into money off. For example, I think it's 5,000-something points and then you can get £5 voucher off an wow, Xbox cool. game. So it's it's nice to have that sort of thing on Xbox. Now, I think it's always existed, but it's never been very obvious to me how you get the points. No. Uh, so I know one point I think it was, but then it got a little bit more complex, like go on a certain website or, or whatever, and I really lost interest in, in that. Um, I prefer Nintendo's approach to it, where you buy stuff, you get points. Yeah. Now, that's a lot simpler. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, I also feel like with Nintendo's thing that they weren't... I spent a lot of my points, obviously, like, every now and again. You just go, yeah, cool, I love I love a tenner off this game, why not? And then they started releasing actually 
stuff through Club Nintendo that I'm like, oh god, I literally have had thousands of points. Yeah, I I, I primarily no like to use the points for um for games, but there are other options with Game Pass and the way that works as well. You don't have to get money off uh, games, for example. There are other things, but I didn't really pay much attention to what else you could get through it. I just got a £5 voucher and used the uh, £5 for Dead or Alive 6 costumes. But yeah, <laughs> there enough. you go. It's nice. I don't really want to pay for Dead or Alive 6 costumes. but No, because yeah. they are very expensive. Well, £1.70, some are, some are £2.50, depends. Yeah, but I, I was more referring to like the season passes, which are like... Oh, there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 60 quid. But I, I don't think you need all those costumes. Some, some are better than others. Anyway, uh, it's cool how that works. So sometimes it's game-specific. For example, I got some points for playing uh, Forza Horizon 4 the other day. So all the games yeah. that are specific uh, are games you can play through Game Pass. So right. I, there's one for Costume Quest 2. And they're usually quite simple things, but they're like an incentive to play games you might not have already played, to use Game Pass, and to... It's interesting. interesting. It's it's kind of a fun thing to do. Oh, yeah, I'll log in today. You get some points for just logging into the app. You get some points just for playing a Game Pass game every day. Uh, It's all incentive to keep you playing Xbox, but you do benefit from it. I mean, it's kind of a curation as well, right? Like, yeah. I, I like that idea of you going like, hey, there are Costume Quest 2 things, and so you play Costume Quest 2. I mean, like, I'm sure from a developer side and, like, through Microsoft that there's perhaps some, like, incentive there side to say, like, hey, we're going to push Costume Quest 2 because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Like, maybe Double Fine's releasing something soon and we want awareness. Like, there must be a marketing reason behind that as well. Yeah, clever little... Also- thing for them to do yeah yeah but i i also think it's kind of okay right like i mean if you cool never it. played that game otherwise then and you might not. find I mean, a game you really enjoy through you know initially you're just doing it to get points but then you play it and you think oh yeah that's really good and then that's as you say promoting double fine and then the new double fine game comes out and you might go oh i'm gonna try that because i like costume quests so exactly i think it's a clever cool. bit of uh marketing from microsoft's side there i think i think they've got everything sort of sorted pretty well on the xbox so they're really putting a lot of effort into little things like that yeah i think so but i'm ready to enjoy game pass until 2000 april 2024 is when my game pass will run out so hopefully in that time halo infinite will come out fable come out new forza and i hope they'll do another banjo kazooie rare will will do a new banjo and be able to play that, but that wishful that thinking, perhaps. I think you're more likely to get a Viva Pinata than a oh, banjo. Oh no! I'll, I'll take we don't need Pinata. another one of them. Yeah, we do. I love Viva Pinata. What are you uh, talking about? That I never amazing. got into it. Never got into oh, it. Oh, I love that game. I got I I got Viva Pinata on import from the US because it was region free, and I got both that and Gears of War at the same day. <laughs> And I played a bit of Gears of War, but I mainly spent that weekend playing Viva Pinata. Wow. It was good. What I remember about Viva Pinata was I got a second-hand copy, and the disc was so scratched that it wouldn't play properly off the disc. So I tried a few times to install it to the Xbox so it wouldn't have to yeah. constantly read off the disc. And eventually the install worked after a few attempts. And then, uh, yeah, then I played it a bit. But those were the days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at you embracing the discless feature. Yeah. Uh, have I bought anything on disc? Oh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. I finally got round to picking that up. Oh, nice. Uh, which is a fighting game, uh, Arc System Works, based on... I, it's an RPG franchise, but I think the RPG is available on phones. I'm oh, not, is, it a zoo, is it a zoo lane? I don't know what that is, Matt. Um, what was the game called again? Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy. Grand... Oh, yeah. Sorry, I for some reason I I heard Blaz Blue for some reason when you say Grand Blue Fantasy. Grand Blue Fantasy is a gacha phone RPG that's run through browsers. Apologies. Ah, ah there you yeah. go. And there was a code in the box for additional items for that game, which I'll never play. I'm sure somebody will have that code. I remember once I was chatting about uh, on a video for Blast Process, the new wrestling yeah. game. Uh, forget what it's called now. That latest like wrestling game. Oh, um, God, I've forgotten the name of it. War, battle, war, battle, something. 
Battlegrounds. WWE Battlegrounds. WWE Battlegrounds, I think so, yeah. There was I didn't even code, own that game. Yeah. Th- there was a code with that for some uh, mobile game uh, add-ons. Yeah. And somebody was like, saw the video and was like, can I have that code? I was like, sure. Yeah. And then someone else said, can I have that code? And I was like, I've already given it to someone else, sorry. But yeah. it's like, um, maybe listeners to this podcast who play Grand Blue Fantasy, if you want that <laughs> code, yeah, then let me right, know. Yeah, right, Tom. Um, I can help you out there. I, I would say, hey, uh, I'll take that code off you, but game. I don't want to start playing Grand Blue Fantasy, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'd looked into but, uh, it. But Versus... Versus is a fighting game. It's not an RPG. However, there is an RPG yes. mode in it, which I've not looked at because, you know, I'm not a big yeah, player of you. RPGs. But the actual fighting is really nice. It looks like uh, the latest Guilty Gear games or Dragon yes. Ball Fighters. It's running yeah. on that same Arc System Works engine. Uh, it's slower than Guilty Gear. Someone was chatting to me while I was live streaming and asking, is it, what should I get? Should I get new Guilty Gear or should I get this? And I'm like, well... I think they're two different beasts, really. Guilty Gear is fast. I think Guilty Gear Strive, when that comes out, will be, uh, you know, a development upon this yeah. this engine, and it's going to be probably probably the better game. However, yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy's got a really nice world with great characters, uh, great art style, uh, yeah. slightly slower than Guilty Gear gameplay, but still really solid. Um, it's one of the better fighting games I've played in in recent years. I don't think there's much of a um, community around it. I played one game online, but uh, it was a little harder to find games online than it is for something like... Dead Alive 6 is still pretty... People playing that, and that's a game I've been playing online quite a bit. But Grand Blue Fantasy, yeah, definitely uh, less people playing it. I hear the net code in that game isn't very good. Oh, I mean, right, also, okay. you, you would probably also have better luck playing it early in the morning because that's probably when Japanese players are playing it because it would be later in the afternoon their time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, it, Grand Blue is still a big thing outside of Japan, obviously, but I I hear that that game suffers a bit from netcode. I find this a lot with fighting games. You know, there doesn't seem to be that many which have really solid netcode. It seems to still be a, a stumbling point for fighting games. Yeah, and I I think this year has probably brought that into sharp focus, right? Like, because a lot of these games came out and kind of just died on the vine because there wasn't a competitive scene to sustain them. Like, things like Evo didn't happen Mm. because no one was able to meet at a big convention centre, so no one was playing those games and no one was playing them in small local communities. I feel like Granblue did fly under the radar a little bit because it's still reasonably expensive to get and it's it's a little more tricky to get than some games um a yeah. little less readily available i got my copy from game in the end in a sale they're probably just getting rid of whatever copies they had of it left yeah. uh, but it was still 25 pounds i mean it's a pretty niche game like i said yeah. it's it's a mobile game, like they've turned into an Arc Systems game. Arc Systems games are a little bit more niche in fighting anyway, and then, yeah. But Guilty I, I... Gear is still very readily available. Dragon Ball Fighters, very much so. It's also interesting, this game's only available on PS4, to my knowledge, so it yeah, is a it... smaller um, scale game, I guess. Yeah, I... that's how it goes. Like I said, I know I know Grand Blue is a absolutely massive game. It is a big, big owner. It is one of these ridiculous mobile gacha games that well, earns millions and millions and has millions and millions of players. But maybe people don't know this game exists. I don't think it was heavily marketed when it came out. I'd well, even I mean, forgotten it existed until you know I remembered. Hang on, there's a fighting game for PS4 that I haven't got yet. Oh yeah, yeah. Grand Blue Fantasy. Why haven't I got this? Oh, let's see how cheap I can get it. And I say 25 is the best I could I, muster. Because even secondhand, you know, people sell them for above 30 quid. Yeah. I think it also came out, like, right at the peak of the first lockdown, right? From it, I was, it was. I remember it wasn't out when EGX 2019 happened. Yeah. Uh, so it came out to that end of 2019. Um, I, think, I think in Japan it came out in the end of 2019. So you I don't think it came that, out to 2020? I don't think it came out until 2020. Okay. But I might be wrong. I'm having a look. Um, it was announced in 2018. 
Um, yeah, it came out literally uh, March uh, 2020, which would explain why ah. the world was slightly preoccupied with other things. In Europe, it came out March 27th, 2020. Interesting. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. been out a year and it's held its value pretty pretty well. Again, though, I th- I think it came out a at a time where awareness wasn't very high, so there's probably not that many copies of them. It b it came out right at the start of all of like the global shortages of games of like people like airports mm. shutting down and things not being able to be sent. People weren't buying them on the high street. They weren't seeing it about unless they were searching for it specifically. They wouldn't have stumbled across it. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh... Good game, though. I would recommend it. If you're a fan of fighting games, it's one of the best I've played on the PS4. Um, definite strong recommendation there. Yeah. Low times are fine as well. You know, I, Often now I think about the last gen, I think, oh, what the low times like, being a Series S you know, guy nowadays. Um, yeah. Low times absolutely fine. And I think, like I said previously, don't think that that last generation has obscene low times on every game. It's certain games... Like Dead or Alive Six. I mean, I'm I'm really glad because I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't want uh, your monocle to fall out in shock that it took five extra seconds to load the game when you sit in your high your high ivory tower of yeah. next gen gaming, <laughs> Mister. Oh, I don't care about these things. Oh, yeah, but you know, I was just worried about the load times on the last generation. But honest, <laughs> on, honestly, when when you're talking five seconds, it's really nothing. That I, I don't think this is helped by. You know, unfortunately, Digital Foundry do highlight low times. And although they do yeah, say, you know, you probably won't notice when they say yeah. this takes 25 seconds to load and this takes 30 seconds to load. You think, well, I know what version I'm going to get. When in reality, five seconds isn't a lot. Not of time really a lot of time. Of no. life. Especially, especially <laughs> as you're playing the game for hours of your life. Like yeah. may, maybe that's the thing you should be questioning, not those extra five seconds of load time. But hey. Who are we to judge, Tom? We're down this rabbit hole. Absolutely. Now, have you been playing anything else, Matt, other than Final uh, Fantasy? I, ha- I haven't, to be totally honest. Um, I picked up a few things. Uh, I got a copy of uh, Doraman Busters for the Game Boy, which is a Japanese game. Uh, it's pretty good by Bam Presto. Is that a I'll puzzle cover- game, a platform it game? It is a puzzle game indeed, yeah. Um, I also picked up this Shogi game. Which, as the best cart artwork oh, I've ever wow. seen, it is a black and white Japanese shogi champion with his arms crossed, looking now, very Now, impressed. shogi is is that what type of game is shogi? Shogi is Japanese chess, if I remember oh, okay. correctly, right? Okay. Um, no, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. I've heard of it, obviously, but yeah. I don't know the game exactly. Um, it, interestingly, it also comes with this handy dandy sticker telling me that if I if I were to want um, games in the Nara region of Japan, uh, I could call this number. And I'm oh, sure so if I still lived out. in the early 2000s, uh, this would have been a very cool game store. It's just nice. To That's see a green on sticker on the back of the cartridge. I know you can't see it, listeners, but uh, Matt yeah. just showed me this on a camera. Yeah, it's just full of Japanese, uh, and it's essentially like a, a hotline number that you could call, and like the guy would offer to find games for you, which is pretty cool. Um, don't really see a lot of that stuff on the back of games. No, um, I, no I haven't got anything like that in, in my uh, uh, Japanese game collection. Yeah, and uh, speaking of my Japanese game collection, I bit the bullet finally, and after our talk last week of oh, what's games, I bought the Aleste collection on the PS4. Ah, uh, now... Which, uh, Yes, a Mega Drive series, is it? Or No, Tom Parry. Uh, Aleste oh. is Power Strike. Oh, so okay, is... yes. Okay, so Math System. Wasn't there some Mega Drive entries? or There were, which is like Musha and stuff, but yeah. those aren't on here. So this is uh, Aleste. Um, so, right, it's Power Strike 1 and 2 for the Math System. Uh, the Game Gear versions of... Uh, Power Strike, which I think the first one only came out in Japan, and then Power Strike oh. 2 came out in Europe and is quite a pricey cart. And then they have a Lest 3, which, if you remember, uh, came out on the Game Gear Mini, uh, because there is an Aleste ah. Game Gear Mini, and so they made a third wow. Game I take Gear it style that this uh, disc is significantly less pricey than it would be to purchase uh, the Mass System cartridges. cost me a whopping £30, okay. and it came with a very, very nice book from M2, where they talked to the guys about developing the new game, and oh. also talked to like the original developers. An instruction manual? No, type. it wasn't, believe it oh. or not. I 
it was weirdly because I was expect I saw that it came with something. I was like, oh, that'll probably just be a little instructions manual or whatever. No, all that is inside the game is essentially this little leaflet that tells you how to mm. play the game and shows. It's got you two discs. Uh, no, just one, uh, but okay. reversible cover. All oh, right. And yeah, it comes with it. It's like a comic book sized thing, you okay. know. Like it, it comes in a little plastic sleeve with a little board as well, which oh, I appreciated. And uh, yeah, it's just interviews and talking about a last and showing some of the artwork of like. I didn't know uh, that existed. Things. Um, it is a very recent thing. It's also out on the Switch, but the the cost difference in the Switch version and the PS4 version was about a tenner. So I was like, well, you know what? I'll get it for the PS4. So I'm exactly the same. <laughs> if it costs more on Switch, I'd probably buy it on PlayStation. Uh, but yeah, I, did they feel like they can charge more for Switch games because they're portable, or is it just Nintendo? It's more expensive. Probably the price of cartridge. The cartridge, yeah. Which is odd because I remember there being like a couple of games around the start of the Switch coming out um, that were significantly cheaper. Um, oh god, I can't remember it. Like when the Switch came out, Tom Parry. Like people probably don't really remember this, especially if you got the Switch a bit later. There weren't a lot of games, um, mm. so that's why I ended up buying Bomberman R. Uh, I got Breath of the Wild, obviously. And then, like, I was just constantly going to GameStop in the hopes they would get something new in. And then, like, mm-hmm. every now and again, you'd go there and they'd be like, Disgaea 5. And I'm like, well, I don't really care about the Disgaea games. I'm not going to buy that. But, like, anything that was, like, 20 quid, any of, like, the the stuff that I guess you would now see from Limited Run and the yeah. likes and Super Rare games and all these other people... Um, they were actually releasing them at retail, and I just kind of ended up buying a couple of things just because I was like, wow, physical Switch game. I want to support the system. And then obviously it blew up, and now there's a million Switch games. But at the time, slim pickings. I got, I mean, hey, I can't complain. Like, that system launched with a digital copy of Waku Waku 7 and Breath of the Wild, two of the best games ever made. Ah, and so, well, yes. Waku Waku 7 certainly uh, on the same level as Breath of the Wild. Hey, I am unashamed in my love of Waku Waku 7. Well, I definitely need to pick it up because I have now got myself an arcade stick for the Switch. This is the uh, Hori Hayabusa something or other arcade stick, uh, which is really good. And I've been using it to play uh, Street Fighter 2 and uh, Alpha 2. In fact, improved my Alpha 2 game uh, quite a lot because I think the version of Alpha 2 on the 25th twenty-fifth anniversary or 30th anniversary sure. collection for Street Fighter that's available for the Switch and other consoles. I think it was 30th anniversary. Is it I 30th? Yes, I think no. you're probably right. Actually, it's right down here. Yeah, 30th. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think they're the slightly harder arcade versions of standard. So, I uh, definitely did a lot better using this uh, particular stick. What's nice about it, it's got slightly textured buttons. I've never Ooh. experienced that on a uh, arcade stick before. No, usually um, very plasticky. Yeah, they're, they're uh, slippy, slidey. But... Well, I mean, that's and the you thing, just have right? to lightly tap them. Brush your fingers over the buttons, Tom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, no, I have to get Waku Waku 7 and um, iron up the um, Capcom Arcade collection. The specific yeah. volume is the volume that concerns some of the later released games. It's got a few Street Fighter in there. It's also got like Giga Wing, uh, which I think was on Dreamcast, but also an arcade yeah. game, wasn't it? Of course, it's in the collection. Uh, I still need to get that Namco collection, actually. I still want to play through all of Tower of Duraga, but... I have that, uh, yeah, Namco I know, collection. I use your version to copy for oh. the... <laughs> the Kawaraga retrospective I did. Yeah. So I think the Switch has actually become quite a solid machine for arcade games. There's quite a lot of fighting games on it, uh, yeah. 2D at least, um, which lend itself really well to the stick. And also, obviously, these arcade uh, compilations and such. So really happy to have that sort of set up now with my, uh, my Switch. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And another game I've been playing recently, which I think I mentioned last week, was No Straight Roads. I said I'd say a little bit more about that this week. You did, yeah. So are you familiar at all with this title? No. It is a a rhythm game, a rhythm action game, I would say, concerning a future where EDM is the predominant uh, music uh, genre. 
and uh, it's like the government says you can only listen to EDM and there's a big talent show and all the music that gets popular is of that variety and then oh, there's a couple electronic dance music yes sorry and it then took me, the... it took me a couple of seconds yes. to figure out what EDM meant yes um there's a couple of uh, a group I forget what they're called they've got a really uh, peculiar name bunk bed something uh, it's this guy and this girl, drummer and a guitarist, and they go on this talent show to sort of, you know, hopefully make rock music popular again. But okay. they're brought down, you know, rock music will never be popular. And then they have to fight all these bosses uh, to uh, rock music overcome the EDM music. This sounds really cool. This also sounds like a game that 16-year-old Matt Boyle would have made, so <laughs> I'm totally down for that. Uh, it's got some kind of humorous dialogue between the two main characters. It's uh, sandwiched between these uh, rhythm sections. I think what is most um, eye-catching about the game is its visual style. Its character design is really strong. Uh, its, its world is quite nicely realised as well. Although the gameplay is probably the least exciting thing about it. Oh, really? Which is a real shame, I, I, I'd say. It's, it's, it's lacking a certain sort of... The characters lack a certain sort of weight to them. There's not like a joy in controlling the characters because unlike a lot of other rhythm games, you're directly controlling these two. You're tagging them in, or out, in and out or playing two-player. And if you yeah. press jump, it doesn't feel like weighty or momentum or anything. They just sort of... There's something lacking in the way the characters control, and when the majority of the gameplay is controlling these characters, it sort of lends yeah, it's not feels so nice to play, really. Uh, and the actual rhythm stuff is fairly lackluster. The music hasn't been that amazing either. So these areas where you'd want great music and you'd probably... Yeah, of course you want great gameplay as well. Not to say it hasn't got its own unique ideas... But it's just not very satisfying to play. Oh, that's a shame. Which is which is a real shame. The game didn't cost me a lot. It cost me about £10. The cheapest I could get it at the time. Uh, this was for the Xbox One version. It's available yeah. in other formats. So PS4 and Switch as well. Um, if you find it cheap enough, it's a curiosity. I think it's got a lot of love poured into it. But its gameplay isn't the strongest. And it hasn't made me want to go back to it after playing through the initial couple of levels. That's a shame. I don't know if it gets more interesting later on. I guess every boss character is going to have their own uh, attacks and stuff and their own variations on the rhythm gameplay. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting game that I have, I've been desiring to, to play for, for a while. Uh, finally yeah. get around to play it and, yeah, sadly it was a little disappointed by it that's a shame there you go so i wouldn't say it's a strong recommendation for me however you find it cheap enough uh the uh character the game has got and the visuals might be enough to keep you uh keep you playing okay i'm that's slightly disappointing though that it <laughs> that despite quite a cool premise and Everything else that it just doesn't hold up on a gameplay side. No, no, I, I wouldn't say so. If if it uh, ever um, becomes available on something like Xbox Game Pass, then definitely try it. I would say, or if you can but find it cheap enough, it. yeah, don't pay too much for it. But luckily, it's it's a fairly cheap game nowadays. Okay, that's a shame. Um, one thing I will recommend though, uh, doing before I forget to mention this in the podcast is. If you're playing on Xbox X, Series X or S, make sure, if you're playing a standard definition game, to turn off Auto HDR. Right. Right, Why? because it just washes out games if they don't have that uh, function. Mode. Ah, okay. And I don't think that should be on a standard. I think this is the worst thing about the, the consoles as they stand currently. I've that... heard people complain about this as well. Like This seems to be a pretty widely spread problem, right? Yeah, I mean, games that aren't made for um, HDR don't benefit from being forced into HDR, at least not that I can tell. The games just look pale. Uh, one of the worst culprits of this was when I first discovered the problem was Dragon Ball Fighter Fighters, which is such a bright, vibrant game, has all the sort of life and colour sucked out <laughs> of it. 
until you turn auto HDR off. And it should be off as standard. It should be there as an alternative if you want it. Yeah, I, it's an interesting thing, right? Because, I mean, if you don't put it on as standard, do then people realise it's there. But at the same time, if you've got people who aren't that familiar with games and aren't that in-depth as we are yeah. into like how things look, are you really going to realise that that's the reason that Goku looks washed out compared to your Xbox yeah, you're going to think there's probably a problem with your Xbox or whatever console yeah. you're using. Because uh, I imagine a lot of people who don't have that knowledge just won't know. And they'll play these games and think, why do they look so weird? When you can just turn yeah. it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have to go press start on the game and then you have to go into compatibility options. It's the same It's um, where the frames, what would you call it? The frame rate increase uh, option yeah. is. Okay. Um. Some games don't have these options. Some games do have these options. It's definitely worth bearing in mind. Okay. Very interesting. There you go. I wanted to say that this week because I I think that's an important thing to mention. As someone who is not part of the... Oh, sorry. You know, the next generation, (laughs) I will will wait my turn and uh, go, yes, okay, one day I will remember. Although the other way to do it is just not have a HDR TV. Yeah, I, I I don't. So I guess then then it won't be a problem for you because it won't be able to do HDR. Uh, you've got to have your um, uh, obviously Xbox or whatever connected into the right port as well because not all ports on your TV are necessarily going to do HDR. Oh really? Uh, Is that a thing? I, well, I don't think so. Or it might have just been because initially I was plugging it in through a switcher, HDMI switcher, ah, which okay. was pulling out the ability to do hdr i had to plug it directly into the tv to get hdr right yeah but that, could just, that just could be a thing that the box didn't allow you to do it maybe it might be the box or it might be specific ports because i know some hdmi ports are different than others even on the same tv mm-hmm. uh, there you go i'm not a tech guy but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I try and work these things out to get the best of my games. So we're not going to expect like digital foundry levels. You're not, you soon. know. And I know I mentioned digital foundry a couple of times lately because I really enjoy their content. I just, uh, I'm not there, especially when it comes to PC. Oh dear, you yeah. know I know nothing about PC gaming as it stands. I, know, I never really have. I've never really played. No, me neither. PC. It's not been. It's never been my bag. I just like having a console I can plug and play. Their retro content is amazing, though. Like their retrospective on Final Fantasy VII that I watched. Everything like that is just really good, really solid. Cool. Mm. I'd love to check it out. I didn't realize they did retro content. Look at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Other things. Blow your mind, Matt. It's it's really well done. They did a recent one about Shadow Man, because Shadow Man's now received a remastered remastered. PC port. I saw that Shadow Man's received a remaster. (laughs) I think it's what they have. Uh, Night Dive Studios have the license to remaster. Yeah. Because they've done Torok and Torok 2, and these are both uh, acclaimed acclaim. games. Yeah. yeah. And I think Claim also published Shadow Man. They're all developed by Iguana Studios, yeah. I think. Iguana yeah. Studios, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was a sequel to Shadow Man as well on the PS2. PS2, yeah. I was I'd forgotten say. about that. <laughs> I've only not forgotten about it because I have it somewhere. I think oh, right. In a box. I've never played it. The PS1 version of Shadow Man looks terrible in comparison to the other ones. I don't know if you've ever seen that. but um, I Honestly, like I remember it coming out. I vaguely remember playing the N64 game. But yes, like not that's the one I've played. Very good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's got a, got a great atmosphere to it, Shadow Man. It's not something I've played in years, though. But if it ever did get, to, and I'm sure it will get ported over to consoles later down the line, like the Torah games have, it will be worth um, maybe checking out again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like it looks like Iguana Studios did not do um, the sequel. Shadow Man. Themselves. Oh, they didn't do. No. I no, it doesn't look like looking down this list of games. Maybe, maybe it was the same studio, but they changed the name. I think something like that happened down the line. But mm, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, like, they did Iggy's Wrecking Balls. And I mean, like, if we're going to talk about games that should 
put out things. Maybe it's them. Have no, you it's, played it's, Iggy's Wrecking Balls? No, I haven't. No, neither have I. I. I didn't hear great things. They did Vex. Remember that? Yes. Character platformer. Played it on the GameCube. Um, yeah, they they also did... Um, Vex arguably is a hidden gem, Matthew. They did Aero the Acrobat and Zero the Kamikaze Squirrel for both on the, the Mega Genesis and yeah. Super Nintendo. Yeah. So And Aero the Acrobat 2, of course. They also did Pirates of Darkwater for the Genesis, which I hear is not a bad game. Yeah, I also hear that. Um, yeah, apparently they were supposed to do the Red Star, but someone else ended up doing that, right? I remember Red Star, yeah. Our On the PS2. Studios. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's not go down that rabbit hole, Tom Parry. Let's not read Wikipedia. That's not what this podcast <laughs> is about. Have you have you bought or played anything else? Uh, just been uh, playing Math System a bit. I streamed uh, The Lion King the other day. Uh, it should yeah. be online uh, for you to check out the Blast Process YouTube channel if you're interested in uh, that sort of nostalgia. It's a game I played a lot as a kid. Uh, it's actually a lot shorter and easier to complete than I remember. Uh, however, I, I did fail the first time. It would take me two I, goes, but I think in vir- effective... So, go on. I was going to say, I think the Virgin versions, which are the ones on the NES, the Mass System and the Game Boy, are a bit easier than the Mega Drive ones. Like oh, yeah. yeah I, I know the Mega Drive version. I can't get past the second level on that. Uh, yeah, but the too. Mass System one is, is a solid game. And, yeah, you can play through it a couple of times, as I did, uh, in about 45 minutes. Yeah. So got up to the last level, the first playthrough, and completed it the second. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's a short game. Uh, I can't remember how the Game Boy version stacks up. I think the Game Gear version is the same as the Math System one. Yeah, uh, Game Boy version. I did a review of very early on into Biographic. It's all right. It's oh, not, I can't remember worth, that one, Matt. I'll have to. Not worth re- picking up, to be honest with you. I. I is it probably it. more similar to the NES version, which I hear isn't very good? Yeah, it, it is from what I remember. I think not... you gave me a copy of it. I might have given you a copy of it. Yeah, I think I had I think I had a German version of it or something, right? Like yeah. with a, a funky label. I I will root that out and try it, but the Mass System version is, you know, impressive. Technically very impressive for the console. It was a later release. It's got great um eight bit reworkings of the songs on yeah. there, which are really, really good. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in that, you can head over to Blast Process uh, YouTube channel and and see me play that. Uh, you can also see me play Wonder Boy Monsterland and uh, Sonic Chaos and Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion. For, all for the Ooh, Master la, la. All good games. That's mm. nice. Yeah, I I haven't put out any hashtag content this week. I I've started working on that series I was talking about last week. I hopefully I'll put that out next week. Honestly, I've just with illness have been kind mm. of well you have an really excuse f- matt it's p- pretty not good really excuse feeling as well up. ah yeah but still like i i i'm being kind to myself and not trying to push myself to do too much at the well, moment so i'll i'm sure as i am the listeners are very happy that we've been able to podcast the last couple of weeks hopefully hopefully they've not gotten like oh you should have taken another week off but uh, <laughs> that's how it goes Okay, uh, if that's the case, Tom Parry, I'm going to go back and go and complete Shadowbringer so I can talk about some other games next week. If you've liked this podcast, uh, you can let us know in a variety of places on facebook.com forward slash tomamattack, on blastprocess.com, on tomamattack.com forward slash podcast, on Twitter at TMACast for the both of us, at Tom Parry 11 for him, at Gimboil for me. You can also listen to it in a few of those pre-for-mentioned places, but also in iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, while you're there, want to give us a cheeky rate and subscribe, lets us know you're listening. Tom Parry, as always, has been a pleasure. Listeners, thank you for listening to this. I've tried to edit out all of the coughs. Apologies if there's one or two left in, but less coughs. It sounded fine to me, Matt. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener. Uh, Tom's going to return to his... Is ivory tower of next gen gaming I'm, oh. I'm gonna crawl back into my sea over my ps4 <laughs> <laughs> ps4 is absolutely fine please don't oh, I, I i don't know tom not, uh, at the moment mine don't sounds give up like on it's your ps4s to... um they're still pretty great my honestly like the probably the reason that i didn't think i was that sick was because i was listening to like my ps4's lungs and going oh i must be fine <laughs> 
because that thing. Yeah, is I mean, next a... gen is uh, quite. Although I do hear, just as a side point, that that these newer PS5s that are coming out aren't as quiet as the initial uh, batch, apparently. Ooh, interesting. But I also heard the original batch overheated, so maybe... Oh, there you go. Well, that's probably they needed a bit more, but... (laughs) Yeah, probably. uh, I think people have been complaining a bit, but I don't think it's very loud at all. We're not talking like the PS4 can get, (laughs) at least. Honestly, I need to... I think before I power this back up to beat Final Fantasy, I think I need to take the dust tray off again and maybe take a bit out of the fan because it's it's very Yeah, loud. yeah. I think you're not going to hear this PS5 fan noise if you've got the sound on. I think it's that kind no. of... <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you can hear my PS4 from the kitchen, which is across the other side of the house, so I need to dust it, I think. Okay, right. Again, on it depends little... what you're playing. Yeah. yeah. It does, it does. Right. Final Fantasy fourteen quite demanding, it seems. Okay. Yeah. Cool in the gang. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this extra little bit of us droning on. Until next time, game on. Game on. Hey!